just finished watching 1981's Time Bandits by Terry Gilliam. The story itself is about a young boy. It's told through the eyes of a young boy who... Kevin. Kevin, who one night in his room sees a knight come out of the closet and leap across his bed and go through the wall into a forest. So the following night, he decides that he is going to make sure that he gets evidence of this. But instead, six little people come out of the closet and they go on this madcap adventure with the map that they stole from the Supreme Being and Kevin yeah, tags along. The, the map has whole that it details all the holes in time because apparently all of creation was a botched job that was done in seven days and there's a lot of holes in, in the fabric of reality and this map shows where all of them are and the little the, the little people in the story have concocted a plan to basically use those holes to get rich stinking rich as they say <laughs> And uh, they end up taking Kevin along for the ride, and a crazy adventure ensues. ensues. So, what did you get? What did you kids think about the movie, Jay? I really liked it. What was your favorite part? My favorite. My favorite part was when uh, Robin Hood's friend punches all those poor people. <laughs> <laughs> John Cleese was Robin Hood. Did a amazing job portraying him uh, he was just like this <laughs> i guess like just completely out of touch guy yeah. with what was going on and his merry men were just savages. disgusting savage <laughs> lunatics <laughs> and the that whole like that sequence was also probably my favorite sequence that and the napoleon sequence were, yeah, were my favorite sequence in the, in the movie napoleon is he my says, favorite character says I like watching little people little things hitting each other other. (laughs) yeah I I mean uh, I guess I gotta be up front I picked this movie and the reason why I picked it is because I saw this movie as a child back in 1981 and I loved this movie so much and growing up it was probably one of the influences on my sense of humor even today this film cracks me up it just cracks me up People exploding. People exploding. Uh, little things hitting little each other. Little things hitting each other. Just the, the arguments. All all of the actors in it are great. David Rappaport, who's... Uh, it's sad that a lot of those guys are no longer with yeah, us. Yeah. He was fantastic as Randall, the leader of the crew. And... Uh, they, they said no leaders, but he was, he was clearly the leader. <laughs> And the vermin. Uh, oh, maybe God, he was the opposite. He <laughs> would eat anything. And, and, uh, well, uh, my favorite was David Warner, David who I think Warner, is just uh, amazing, amazing. And I feel he David, was David Warner was evil. Evil. And I feel like he's just not appreciated enough. I mean, he's, he's, he's doing enough stuff. He's one of those guys. I think he passed away. Are you sure? Uh, just recently, I believe. I'm not positive, but I think he passed away recently. He's he's like a character actor who's always played whenever they need an English bad guy. They <laughs> before they bring out David it Warner. was a big thing, right? He, he, I mean, he was uh, Sark and Tron. If you don't know who, we, who we're talking about, uh, he was in The Exorcist, where he gets decapitated in spectacular fashion. Yes. Oh no! Wait, was it The Exorcist or The Omen? The Omen. The Omen. Sorry, the yes. Omen. So I always confuse my devil movies. 
And you are uh, incorrect. He is still alive. He's still going? Yeah. He did the he does the voice of Gumball. Oh, that's right. He yeah. is the voice Although of the, he his voice was replaced. Placed, right. He was uh, the original voice of Dr. Wrecker and the amazing world of Gumball. Oh. Yeah. But he's one of those character actors who's so solid, who's got such an amazing voice. I'm like, he should be doing voiceover work all of the time. Yeah. He's one of those kind of guys. Yeah. He's fantastic. Uh, yeah. Um, just such a fun movie, and kudos to Terry Gilliam and Michael Palin, who I think also share writing credits for this movie. And it's kind of a sort of a trilogy of these fantastical movies. At, so in 81, he did Time Bandits. In 85, I think he did Brazil. And in 88, he did uh, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. And you can see how interconnected these three stories are and the similarities. And there's something very specific. I mean, maybe not so much in his later films, but especially in that time frame, you can definitely tell a Gilliam movie um, by the look of it. I, I wouldn't say they're interconnected. Because there's nothing really, there's no characters or anything going on from movie to movie. It's just that style. That but there's the style, but then you also have like this element. It's almost like the passage of time. The There's like these fantastical journeys, right? And in the first one, it's still told through the eyes of a young boy, which is Kevin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in Brazil, it's the Jonathan Price character, right? Yeah. Who's an adult man and then in Munchausen it's oh an okay. older man so it's almost like the passage of time so it's like we come okay. on this fantastical adventure I guess um, I guess you can consider a trilogy in, in the same way that that uh, yeah not not that, that like Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead and, and right Roman right Roman it's Roman not trilogy. like it's the same story although you I mean you could you could make a case for this whole escapism like this whole crazy alternate over-the-top reality and just the, the sense of adventure. What did, what did you think, Olive? That was good. What was your was favorite good? part? What was your favorite part? How the kids, how Kevin said, no, Mom, Dad, that's evil, and then they touch it, and then they just explode. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a little boy, I loved that part, too. It's like, don't touch it, it's evil, and they just... Of course, the parents don't listen to the child at all, and they touch it, and boom. Like I said, growing up, this film, I loved it. And, I, I mean, I'll be the first to admit, it's 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 not a perfect film, but it's it's just damn fun and, and very imaginative. It's certain parts of it are clearly dreamlike. Uh, you could see uh, a lot of it's plays with the reality that it lives in because there are aspects going on in it that you could see are basically influenced by Kevin's reality. And then, but then you realize that, you know, it wasn't real. You you think it's a dream, but maybe it's not a dream. And then you you know, it's not a dream, but then there's still aspects that are still dreamlike when you you return to reality. So it, it, it jumps around and plays very fast and loose with those rules. Yeah. And even though, like, Gilliam and Cleese and Palin, they're all part of that whole Monty Python universe, this has obviously nothing to do with that, but it definitely keeps that sensibility, British humor, plethora of English actors in this. It's almost like precursor for, like, Law and Order, where you basically yeah. have, like, all these... Cameos. Cameos. And cameos Sean Connery. By these, 
big name actors in it. So Jim Broadbent. Exactly, exactly. Ian Holm is Napoleon, who is hilarious. I really that line always cracks me up. Little people, little things little hitting, things each, hitting each, other. each other. He's just obsessed with height. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Least favorite character and least favorite part. Least favorite character? I don't know if I have a least favorite character. Me neither. I can't have mine. Yeah, I, I gotta be honest. Throughout the film, it's almost told in like a series of little vignettes. There's you're in you know the Napoleonic Wars, and then you're in the, the Middle Ages, and then you're in uh, the 1900 ancient Greece, ancient and then Greece. you're in you know the 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 20s or wherever that whenever the, the titanic was yeah. and then you're in just the land of legends you know so it's it's like each each one is sort of like a little story you can almost see this this could have been like a little mini series almost i they haven't tried to make it into you know what i heard not too long ago that they were thinking of making a time bandit show for apple's new tv was, streaming tv service was tightness in the I think I heard his name mentioned, and if that were true, it would probably be the only thing that would actually get me interested in paying money for Apple's TV service, because i got to be honest, the rest of the stuff on there doesn't look that great. It looks pretty slim pickings, to be honest. I don't know, but I'm like, I'm like Shyamalan thing with the, the servant. Yeah, the, yeah the that looks crazy, and that's like, totally in my wheelhouse, because I have a fascination with dolls and... But I've that, always been curious about stuff like that. But, but, that, but that's just like one. I've, I've just heard rumors about that. I mean, if it were true, that would be that would, would be, be great. I, yeah. I'd wonder I'd wonder how far they could take it. I mean, I, as far as I'm concerned, time travel. I mean, that's just right for a series going in and out of different time periods and having these little adventures. The, th- the thing I, I kind of worry about with something like that is them going too far and making it no well funny. well because the cast all the time bandits are all little people and there is a lot of <laughs> of slapstick comedy a lot of physical comedy them smacking each other around and acting like clowns it's good it's not i never feel like you know i, I never feel like i'm like laughing at them in a derogatory way or any, anything sure. like no, that it's just at it's what the it, story it's is. i'm laughing at the story i'm laughing at the of at the the characters' personalities, and especially how they play off with Kevin. Kevin is like the conscience of the group that they that may have been there, but was was constantly being subjugated by Randall's greed. But in today's day and age, I don't I don't know if they would if they would see that, or they would just see it as oh, you're just trying to exploit little people and make fun of them. Yeah, that's and, possible. And, that's and possible. I kind of worry that okay, so guess what? We're replacing all the little people. Which is, and we're gonna. It's like a cast from a WB TV show now. <laughs> all pretty. Everybody's people. gorgeous, and that's it. And, oh, and they all get along. By the way, and it's like all right. Well, just yeah. don't make time bandits. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it it came out in eighty one. So that's it it's was very a, it's pre PC times. Pre PC times, but I gotta be honest. Even if you look at it today, it's. It's good. It's it's not like I said. It's not exploitative. It's not derogatory. You love these guys. Yeah. And they and, it's fun to and watch. they all have mm-hmm. little. You know, they they all have their own unique characters. I mean, they don't. A lot of them don't get a lo- lines. I, I don't think Vermin 
said spoke. more than two words two in the entire thing, thing, but he had a person he ate anything, you know. And, <laughs> and he's uh, trying to eat that ring. He was trying to eat the gold ring, and you can't eat that. He's like, oh, you don't know until you try. Kenny Baker, who's R two D two, is in it as Fidget. He was the the, the smallest one, and he got crushed. That was my for 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 a bit. Yeah, he was crushed for a bit. But then there's a problem. Did he guess what? Kenny Baker died recently. Recently, I believe, right? Yeah. Within the last two years. Yeah. Sad, sad. Yeah. I think he had to be in like one of those, the, the new, new Star, Star Wars, Wars films. Yeah. The first one, probably. For, I think in The Force Awakens, he was actually. Well, did R2D2 move at all on that one? I don't know. <laughs> I don't I know. Remember. It's like a whole lifetime ago. <laughs> It'd be something if, you know, they just put him in there for like a still shot. Uh, and I feel like Time Bandits was influential in a lot of other, um, not aspects, but other directors, other writers' works. You know, I think this kind of off-the-wall, over-the-top silliness was something that other writers and, and filmmakers picked up on. I'm trying to think who I feel like would fit in that but i can't off the top of my head think of anything i mean i, I can't and I, and one thing that kind of always bothered me is nobody talks about time bandits not really no you, when you're whenever you hear about people oh, what what films did you like from your childhood yeah i'm the only one who ever says time bandits yeah somebody would be like oh god yeah time bandits but yeah. nobody it just doesn't pop up because it you never even like see it like referenced in in other films or cartoons. You see, you see so much like other stuff from our a, childhood. But I, I feel like because it's a Gillian movie and Gillian movies don't really get referenced too much. Maybe Brazil because Brazil had a lot of critical acclaim. Claim. Yeah. But you, nobody really mentions Baron Munchausen. No, that's probably like nobody. Movie. Nobody. Nobody really mentions. People like Twelve Monkeys. Twelve Monkeys was his later work. That That's was true. you could see the kind of polish that Twelve Monkeys had. had. You compare yeah. it to yeah. Time Bandits or anything. Time Bandits was clearly, you know, hey, let's get together, try and get some funding for this movie. Twelve Monkeys was, you know, here's a major studio, here's millions of dollars, make this. Yeah. It's 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 almost like a different style of filmmaking. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, you still see his aesthetic there, you know, lots of Absolutely. plastic and, you know, stuff like that. But uh, yeah. Time Bandits, yeah, I, I feel like it gets short changed. changed. It, it doesn't, uh, you don't really see it, like I said, like in kids, we watch, we watch a lot of cartoons with the kids. And every time we're watching a cartoon with you guys, I'm like, oh, look, they're referencing Alien or they're referencing uh, Die Hard or they're referencing some other yeah, property yeah. from when we were young back to the future gets referenced a lot. so yes, much yes that's definitely i've never seen a cartoon where it's like oh here's a doorway and, and here's the map through space or or like oh look what are these six little guys stealing stuff in the background yeah nothing that's you know what i i feel like i know i mean not a lot of people but i feel like i know a fair amount of people that adore this movie and i agree with you it, it's not the first thing that comes out of people's mouths mm. but i think that when they do revisit it or rediscover it it's like oh my gosh i watched it like kind of your reaction i watched it as a child and i i, I felt very influenced by it i mean it, it holds up it's still it's like to me if to me it's always felt like sort of a hidden gem of the 80s right 
And uh, I, I, I wish it got more love. I mean, even even now, in order to watch it, we had to bust out the old DVD. Yes, yeah. And, and <laughs> looking at a standard DVD on a high def t- television, it's it's very different. Looks kind of crappy. <laughs> <laughs> but the, what what was your favorite character, G? Napoleon. Napoleon. <laughs> Napoleon was good. Ian Holmes, Ian Holmes was awesome as Napoleon. Yeah. yeah. So obsessed with height. I mean, that's like the, the classic Napoleon joke, but yeah. he did a great, he had that whole speech getting drunker and drunker. Just, <laughs> you know, Charlemagne, dumpy little fellow. <laughs> <laughs> performances from all these these actors it's it's funny because you don't really think of ian holm i guess in comedic roles i mean it's funny because we just saw some of the lord of the Rings movies and, yeah. and he's bilbo and different things that we've seen him in but he's he's another he's definitely a, a he was he was uh uh what was it ash in uh the alien movie. Uh, right? Alien, yeah. Yeah. The evil robot. <laughs> Spoiler, sorry for a film that came out in, what, 79? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure people have already, uh, most people have seen that movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just, I, you know, the, the movie that always comes to mind, which I saw with you many years ago, I think, when we were still dating. I don't remember if we were still dating. I don't forget what year it came out in the sweet year after. I've never seen that movie. I thought we saw that together. No, you saw that with Lenny, I think you said. That's the one about the bus. The bus kids. and the kids. Yeah. Nah, I never saw that. Really? You said you saw that with Lenny and you were weeping uncontrollably. Oh, interesting. I thought that was you. Oh well. Uh, well, he was great in that. He's in the Fifth Element too, isn't he? Yeah, briefly. Briefly. Yeah. Yeah, but he's definitely one of those characters that's character actors who's pretty fantastic. Um, John Cleese also. John Cleese is great. Amazing. Yeah. Doesn't do as much stuff as I'd like him to anymore, but it is what it is. Even Sean Connery is good. Yeah, not a fan. I know you're not a fan not of Sean Connery, fan, but, but yes, was, I will allow it in this movie. He was charming in this, yes. Greek king. Yeah. You know, he clearly cared for Kevin. That was like the sad part in the movie, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Kevin wanted to stay because he finally felt like he, he was finally found cared a, for. A parents that care for him because Kevin's parents. Well, I don't know about the queen, but definitely queen, the king. Yeah, well, the king didn't seem to like the queen either. <laughs> but I think they There's just, something dodgy about her. I yeah. think they added that just for the little intrigue of oh. making you think, oh my God, she's going to try and bump Kevin off. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, I thought that. But yeah, you think that? I think that's what they were going for. They, they were, that was like a, a red herring. And it's funny because earlier today we were watching Flash Gordon and that's also a, a film from the 80s. And just these are films that I loved as a young person. And I really wish there was like film preservation of them. Like just. Well, I think Flash Gordon has gotten some has gotten love and, and better treatment. I mean, I'm sure there's been a, a high def release of that movie and, and special edition, you know. DVDs of Flash Gordon. I think, really? I think we even have like a, a nice DVD of Flash Gordon. I don't think so. I think we just I have think a regular so, DVD. I think so because it because it Flash Gordon achieved a greater cult status. 
after the fact. And after, way after way, the fact. Way after the fact. Yeah. But not only that, because it, I mean, it had Queen sound, a Queen soundtrack. Which know? didn't hurt it, yeah, Which, sure. And it's like not just a Queen soundtrack, but it's a song that everybody freaking yeah. knows. Yeah. Well, just, the, I mean, comparing the two movies, very vivid, very over-the-top characters. I mean, Max von Sydow just recently passed, so... And he's just so over the top, and you can tell that he's having fun with this. And it's very different than his turn as the Knight in the Seventh Seal, or even as Father Merrick in The Exorcist. So it's it's kind of fun to see him kind of do comedy, I guess. Right? He's not. He never really. He wasn't really a comedic part, but just he was like you could. He was just in it. Yeah. You know? Oh, he and totally he was signed just, on. Like, for he you was could tell. playing that evil, but he wasn't like being cackly or maniacal. Right. Right. It he was, was just yeah. a sinister, yeah, bad guy dressed up like he was the uh, like he was a drag queen, basically. <laughs> <laughs> what and was that other movie that we just recently saw, and he was in it with Ed Harris, where he has like that cure, like that store with like the. Was oh, need, needful things. Needful things. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Max Van Sydow is amazing. Yeah. Fantastic. I could I could watch him all day. Yeah. Oh, Max Von Sydow. He was the one that played Ming the Merciless. Remember in the Flash Gordon movie we were watching earlier? I don't know what to But uh, yeah, I mean, Time Bandits has always been one of my favorites. It's like I said, one of the most. The thing, one of the films that influenced my childhood the most. And, uh, yeah, I was glad I was able to show it to my kids. I hope my kids liked it. Yep. Yes, we did. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of laughing. Okay. <laughs> the part where he punches the, with that guy. And the I love that whole sequence because you can't understand a word that guy is saying. He, Some other like, guy has to neither, neither can Robin Hood. He's like, yeah, he's like, what, what did he say? And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm afraid he's got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, okay. I like the part where that guy killed his own person. He oh, like turned into Benson. Yeah. Oh, and he blew up. <laughs> he blew up Ben. Yeah, he's evil. Like, Called his name just so he could blow him up. <laughs> he turned it into a dog. Yeah, first thing, then he blew him up. <laughs> I love David Warren so much. He's so great. He's yeah, so great. The, the way people explode in the movie is great, too. It's just like, fire, like a fireworks explosion, practically. And the other thing that I, I found impressive is the details. Like the... Evil's like minions with like the cow skull heads that yeah, were like yeah, chasing yeah. them. Like, I mean, it, you could put that in a movie now and it would still look really it would good. Look creepy, yeah. You know, and even like the details on David Moore's costumes. It's very Geiger esque. Yes. Yeah. Really. Especially, just, especially when his, his head like sort of opens up and that weird thing, thing pops comes, out yeah. with like the knife. And, yeah. Yeah. Very, very like. The back, I think the back of his of his, of like his cap was like a skull's skull mouth with like a, with like yeah. a tube coming out. Yeah, of yeah. and the tube connected to his back. Yeah, yeah. And even his even his little minions, they their shoulders were basically skulls. Yeah, I like I like how um, evil's name is evil, but his minions' names are so plain. Yeah, Robert. So I mean, like, I'm always impressed. I'm always impressed by movies like that where obviously like more than 30 years have passed, but there's elements of it where it's still, it's sort of 
it would play even now. So like those characters were just we're talking about the black hole. Remember like the guards, the way they were designed and stuff were, mm-hmm. is like really like I could see that in a movie now, and it wouldn't it wouldn't be jarring. Like I would never assume that that was from like something from forty years ago. Yeah, I mean, good good production design. If if it's if it's really well done, it it stands the test of time. time. Like you said, the, the 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 character designs in the black hole were pretty good. Maybe not those garbage can robots that were. No, 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 yeah, no, no. The like the, the bad guys, like little henchmen, those red things. Yeah, 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 like yeah. those things. Yeah, like that, and 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 also like like Flash Gordon, the production design on that. Yeah. Really, Tons really good. Yeah. yeah, like the Clytus. I always love the way Clytus looked. Slots. It reminded me of Doctor Doom. Yeah. Doctor Doom is my favorite. Yeah. But Clytus was the guy, the guy with, with, the, the with the metal mask, and yeah. he had, like, that one golden arm that he could, like, shoot at people. Yeah. Oh, he's the guy who um, his eyeballs came out. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the, I, I always find that stuff kind of fun when you're watching a movie, especially when we're watching a movie yeah. from when we were younger. Like or, you? Like Dune, Dude. my my guilty pleasure. I love. I you know what? We have to watch Dune and do a whole thing about Dune because I, I, that is my obsession. It could be on at two a.m. and I may have to work, but I will still stay up and watch it. It's just so so damn weird. <laughs> it's so damn weird. I and love it. That, I love like it. Every bit, every everything going on the screen has to be explained in whispers as it's going on. <laughs> I'm eating some breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) Spice. You know what? I it makes me sad that David Lynch doesn't embrace it. He really should. It is it it is a masterpiece. It doesn't look as nice as the newer version that's coming out. Denis, I always can't remember how to say his last name. Denis Villeneuve. Whatever his last name is, but yeah, I mean those the stills on that look amazing. I mean. You got like, what twenty years of uh, technology, <laughs> technology, and yeah. yeah, and I'm sure a huge, huge budget. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's got like I everybody mean, he's, he's in that already, movie he's, he's as well. Got, he's another one. Yeah, he's already got a budget for two, two of them. Yeah, so. but uh, yeah, no, I love Lynch's Dune so, so very yeah. much. It's, it's, a, it's a definite guilty pleasure. Definitely. Oh God, the with, uh, the little girl dancing at the end. <laughs> That is my favorite part. Yeah, yes. That's amazing. She's just luxuriating in the carnage. Oh, God. Fantastic. And the wind is blowing at her weird cloak thing. (laughs) Awesome. And I'm pretty sure I saw that in the theater as well and just like, what Uh, am I watching? (laughs) I just remember seeing it on like, I never saw it in the theater. I saw it on Channel 11 when I was a little kid where they were like, they were like, we're broadcasting Dune with, with, with an extra 59 extra minutes. And, <laughs> and it was just like, all it was was 59 minutes of them running around the desert and screaming weird words <laughs> as people exploded in the background. I don't care what anyone says. I still love that movie. <laughs> I still love it so much. Was there any parts of, of Time Bandits that you uh, didn't enjoy or thought could have been better? I didn't like when Fuji got killed. Or doesn't matter. He still got killed. Yes, Fidget, Fidget, well, spoiler for, uh, <laughs> for a God knows how old movie. Fidget gets squished, but not. It's not graphic or anything. A big thing falls on him, and uh, 
he gets restored by the Supreme Being. The Supreme Being is another character in the movie who wants his map back. What? You said, however, all of him was 39 years old. 39 years old. Gracie's awesome at math. <laughs> is that really? That hurts. Oh, that really God. hurts. We are, we are old. We're old. We're it, would old. Be, it would be 40 years, but it came out in 81. Right. Right. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, it's strange thinking that when I saw this movie that I would be like, oh, I can't wait. I never thought I'd be like excited as a man to show it to my kids one day. <laughs> I was in fourth grade uh, when I saw it. Jeez, that's like a lifetime. It is a lifetime ago. Mm -hmm. It was like kids. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm really I'm, I'm super happy that you and Olive enjoyed the movie it, yes it made me happy when I was a little kid I hope it made you happy too yeah um, that's always fun to share stuff that you liked as a child with your children uh -huh. I remember I mean this has nothing to do with the movie but the first time I showed my kids a Huzz take on me which is a video that also from the 80s and of a song from a band from Norway or wherever the heck they're from. And my kids loved it and wanted to watch it ad nauseum, which made me very happy. Well, I mean, And something else that's been parodied, I feel like. I feel like this has been parodied and like I'm drawing a blank. Time Bandits? Yeah. I have never seen Time Bandits referenced by anything. That can't Ever. be right. I've never seen. I've never I feel even. Like, I've I never feel even. Like the, the tone of the movie, the, the. I feel like the tone, the subject matter, the comedic elements. I feel like that has to have been parried. It's it's funny because you see a movie like Raimi's Evil Dead, and you see how oh, you that's, see, that's been so influential. Yeah. yeah, in popular culture, in other directors' works, in other movies. I can't believe that nobody's referenced Time Bandits. How is that possible? I don't remember ever seeing it. Like, even the map, I was like, like in the background of a scene somewhere mm -hmm. in another thing. I've never seen. That's nutty. One one thing I wanted to ask the kids. Okay, you've grown up watching films with crazy special effects and stuff. You've you've watched a movie now from 1981. The effects are not the best. <laughs> Did it did it bother you at all? Did it take you out of the story? No. Nope. Nope. Good. The story engrossed you enough where the lack of, you know, super clear green screen or anything. <laughs> I, I like bad special effects. It's funny. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes bad special effects just make a movie yes. great. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Look at like we were just mentioning Evil Dead. Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon, yeah. yeah. What about you, Olive? Did you did the, did the special effects? I already said no. Oh, you did. Okay. Not. All right. You you're you're, you're, more, you're more quiet than usual. I think she's tired. It's almost eleven o'clock. No, so. I'm not tired. Sure. I'm sad because we need to go to bed after. No. Oh. I wish somebody would send me to bed. You can send yourself. To well, bed. I I think speaking of bed, we should probably wrap it up. <laughs> so. Scale of 1 to 10. Um, I'd say it's a, hold on, uh, what's it, 7.75. 7.75. Yeah. 
7.75, what would you give it? 1 to 10. 7, 8. An 8? Uh, I give it like an eight and a half. Yeah, there's a there's a bit of nostalgia in there for me that's that that could push it into the nine territory, but you know, I'm trying to be a little objective here. Dad, <laughs> well, I think for a movie from 1981 with not a lot of FX budget, I think story still holds up the acting's phenomenal the script is tight all the story and design elements work to make everything work and i think this is probably when terry gilliam like really was coming into his own this is as a filmmaker as a storyteller so i would give this i would give this an eight and a half absolutely yeah it was really good everybody laughed everybody had fun Great adventure. Great adventure. I think it's definitely kid-friendly for people that are looking for escapist movies that Mm -hmm. don't rely entirely on gratuitous violence or potty humor. And I think uh, I, I like how it ties elements of history as well. I think that's kind of fun. And you know what? I hope that... Apple TV really follows through on this because I would love to go on an adventure with some of these characters again and again. And I think Taika Waititi is a great choice for making those stories happen. He is a good storyteller. Mm-hmm. All right, that's it from us. Thanks for stopping by, and we'll be back with no! another review soon. <laughs> it's time so, for bed. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.